Welcome to the video book summary of The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Reeves and Jack Trout. This book was published in 1993 and weighing 143 pages. There are laws of nature, so why shouldn't there be laws of marketing? As Al Reeves and Jack Trout, the world-renowned marketing consultants and best-selling authors of Positioning. Note, you can build an impressive airplane, but it will never leave the ground if you ignore the laws of physics, especially gravity. Why then, they ask, shouldn't there also be laws of marketing that must be followed to launch and maintain winning brands? In the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, Rise and Trout offer 22 innovative rules for understanding and succeeding in the international marketplace. To the law of leadership, to the law of category, to the law of the mind, these valuable insights stand the test of time and present a clear path to successful products. Violate them at your own risk. The book is available on Amazon with the link in the video description if you like what you hear. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. The book itself is a bit on the old side, originally published in 1993, but some of the predictions are eerily on point. Take Apple and Steve Jobs for instance. There is a law called the Law of Line Extension that states that producing a bigger variety of products to sell more only dilutes your brand. And there is another law called the Law of Force that says that the most powerful thing in marketing is owning a word in the mind of the prospect. Also, there is a law of hope, which predicts that Steve Jobs' next computer would be a massive failure. And the author explicitly says so in that chapter. And so, as we know, Next did fail massively. And as we also know, Apple got back on their feet the day they stopped doing lots of things and started doing the iMac instead. So the book is clearly not all hype. Even though a few of the laws have become a bit old since the internet has changed the way we can reach out to one another. And at what cost? You'll see. Okay, first law. Number one, the law of leadership. It's better to be first than it is to be better. Because it is easier to get in the minds of your potential clients or customers first than it is to convince them that you were a better choice than the one that did get there first. Number two, the law of category. If you can't be the first in the category, set up a new category you can be first in. Don't ask yourself how you are better than your competition. Ask yourself in what category can you be first. The example from the book is beer. A high-priced imported beer like Heineken was a huge success. New category, high-priced domestic beer, Michelob, even greater success. And number three, the law of the mind. It's better to be first in the mind than first in the marketplace. The law modifies the law of leadership with a clearer definition of where exactly you should be first. And that is within the minds of your prospects, which is not always the marketplace. So it's sort of the same as number one, but with the race is not over if they launch kind of thing attached to it. And number four, the law of perception. Marketing is not a battle of products. It's a battle of perception. The point here is that there is no objective reality, at least not from a marketing point of view. So what matters is not how things are, but how people believe things are. Number five, the law of focus. The most powerful concept in marketing is owning a word in the prospect's mind. They say it's the ultimate sacrifice because in order to achieve it, you have to put all your effort into a single product or notion. But the reward is worth it because if you manage to get your name associated with that one word, you are the go-to guy, company for that one word. Example in the book, overnight for FedEx and drive for BMW. So basically five is a way to achieve number three. 
Number six, the law of exclusivity. Two companies cannot own the same word in the prospect's mind. And there is no reason to try to get your name to replace the name that is already in the minds of the prospects because he can't change people's minds once they're made up. What is more, going for that word often ends up reinforcing the position of your competitor as you show the importance of the word itself. And number seven, the law of the ladder. The strategy to use depends which rung you occupy on the ladder. If you are not on the top, admit it to yourself and to your customers and work that to your advantage. Example, Avis was number two, beneath Hertz in car rentals. They acted like number one and lost money for 13 years. Then they switched advertising to Avis is number two in renter cars. So why go with us? We try harder. This made them more than profitable almost immediately. And number eight, the law of duality. In the long run, every market becomes a two-horse race. Examples from the book, Burger King and McDonald's, Coke and Pepsi, Kodak and Fuji, Nike and Reebok. And on a distant third place, we have a company way few people have heard about. But the authors also suggest that those market shares are unstable. The leader will lose shares as the runner-up will gain. And the new number three pops up every now and then as the old number three goes out of business when it loses the battle against number two and number one. Although this is a problem most companies will never have. And number nine, the law of the opposite. If you're shooting for second place, your strategy is determined by the leader. In realizing what way the leader is strong, the essence of it, you can turn his strength into a weakness. How? There are two types of people. Those who want to buy from the leader and those who don't. Find a way to appeal to the latter by highlighting how you are the opposite of the leader. And number 10, the law of division. Over time, a category will divide and become two or more categories. The marketing arena is an ever-expanding ocean of categories, for reasons mentioned above, but also because we invent new things, variations of a predecessor that better meet the needs as the needs themselves become more specific as a consequence of the predecessors existing in the first place or advancements in other fields. And number 11, the law of perspective. Marketing effects take place over an extended period of time. The long-term effects of marketing are often the opposite of short-term effects. And the example used to illustrate the point to us is of sales. In the short run, lowering prices increases the business. But in the long run, it educates people into only buying when there is a sale. Short-term gains mean long-term losses. Number 12, the law of line extension. There is an irresistible pressure to extend the equity of the brand. The reasoning here is that you can't be all the things to all people. And that isn't really the brand name that is stuck in people's mind, but the product itself, which means that when you put your name on another type of product, people will not automatically buy it. But if you focus all your efforts into making one product fantastic, you have a much better chance of building the position in the prospect's mind. Number 13, the law of sacrifice. You have to give up something in order to get something. The opposite of line extension. By sacrificing products lines, target market, and consistent change, you increase your chances of doing one thing or something very well to a dedicated group of people and have them remembering you. Example from the book, FedEx, which the other shipping companies tried to ship everything in every way. FedEx focused on small packages overnight. Today, they're doing pretty well. And number 14, the law of line 
attributes. For every attribute, there is an opposite effective attribute. This is basically law one, two, five, six, and nine, but framed around the selling point of your product, or the attribute as the authors call it. The goal is to own the selling point, and if your specific selling point is already taken, the advice from the authors is to find a new one. Just as with law two, where you invent a new category to be first in, or have a really, really low price. And law 15, the law of candor. When you admit a negative, the prospect will give you a positive. The idea is to first admit something negative and then spin it that into something positive. The reason why it works is because it is so unexpected and therefore very disarming. And since you were so honest, people are likely to believe what you say next. But keep in mind that it has to be something that is genuinely viewed as a negative, otherwise people will just think that you're just being weird. And law 16, the law of singularity. In each situation, only one move will produce substantial results. There is an idea floating around that if you put enough work into something, it will work out eventually. This is wrong. According to the authors, at least, when it comes to a marketing and war, which for some reason is mentioned quite a lot in this chapter, the reasoning here is that there is always something that your competitor is expecting the least, and that is your opportunity for one single bold stroke. In other words, be strong where the competition is weak. Number 17, the law of predictability. Unless you write your competitor's plans, you can't predict the future. Again, a law that is very focused on what your competitors are doing and not on your consumers per se. But anyway, the point here is that the long-term planning doesn't work because you can't predict the future. What the authors want you to do is some creative short-term planning and turn that into a long-term marketing direction. Yes, I know it sounds like planning, but they insist it is not. And number 18, the law of success. Success often leads to arrogance and arrogance to failure. Ego is the enemy of successful marketing. Objectivity is what is needed. And according to the authors, you lose your objectivity by having your ego inflated by success. They don't have a problem with having a big ego, as it can be a very useful drive. But in order to succeed with your marketing, you still need to know what is going on in the real world, and not cling to your imaginary world of being a golden god. They mention Donald Trump in this chapter, way before he became President of the United States. And Law 19, the Law of Failure. Failure, you will fail, and when you do, realize it and accept it quickly, and move on to the next approach. But why engage in crazy risk-taking? Why not just play everything safe? Because in marketing and business, it's hard to be the first without sticking your neck out. And being the first in one way or another, as mentioned in the first couple of laws, a good thing. Law 20, the law of hype. The situation is often the opposite of what appears in the press. Although I don't really understand the message here, what the authors state is that when there is a big press coverage of something, that something is likely in need of a big press coverage. Does that mean that you shouldn't get a lot of press coverage for the launch? or a new product? Not sure. By the way, it's the chapter where they explicitly predict the failure of Steve Jobs' next computer business. Will next be a winner? Of course not. Where is the opening? The next is the first in the category of what? And Law 21, the law of acceleration. Successful programs are not built on fads, they are built on trends. The message here is that you shouldn't confuse a fad with a trend. A fad is something that is popular only for a shorter period of time. 
whereas the subtle onset of the trend can even go unnoticed but keeps on gaining momentum. The authors compare the two with the wave and a tide. And the point is that if you want to build something as opposed to make a quick buck or two, you should center your marketing or your business on a trend, not a fad. And law 22, the law of resources. Without adequate funding on an idea, won't get off the ground. In 1993, before you could message anyone without knowing them first or build a following of tens of thousands of people without spending anything but your time and energy, you couldn't get anything off the ground without a lot of money. And although a lot of money certainly helps, you are now living in the digital age with a completely different set of rules. Think about that instead of the ginormous ad budget you don't have. And that's a wrap on book 102, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Rees and Jack Trout. Subscribe to our channel for future video book summaries and follow us on Instagram, hashtag bestbookbits. This summary is from the website, thebusinessquotes.com. Watch previous video book summaries on our channel. And if you like the video and want to buy the book, click the link in the video description to purchase from Amazon. Thanks for watching and I hope you learned a thing or two. Have a great day.